This is the Loud Pedal Podcast with Chris Stubbs and Lee Holdsworth. Well, g'day and welcome to the final Loud Pedal Podcast for 2019, brought to you by Super Cheap Auto. Lee Holdsworth is alongside me. You won, done and dusted, for your uh, participation in the Loud Pedal Podcast. How have you found it? Oh, it's been awesome, mate. I've, re- I've really enjoyed it. And um, speaking to some great people like Ryan Story and uh, a number of others, <laughs> it's been good fun. Now we've got, I think we see a lot of personalities come out of it. Mm. It's been really cool. Your favourite episode, the pre-Bathurst special, oh, I reckon? definitely the yeah. Bathurst preview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was unreal. Um, it was like we were all sitting around a table having beers at, mm. at a bar, wasn't it? It was cool. Much like today. Much like today. <laughs> <laughs> it is the final show for 2019. Ryan Story makes his long-awaited return. What a year it's been for Shell V Power Racing. Plenty to talk about there. We wrap up Newcastle and the season that was. Lee talks us through his new deal with Tickford, and we look ahead to the changes coming in supercars this summer. That and the regular segments. Ryan tells us who's the famous name in his phone, and Lee lets rip with his last lethal weapon of the year. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. Did you know Super Cheap Auto are cheaper or they'll beat it? If you find a cheaper price online or in another store for an identical item, they'll beat it. Ryan Story, hello and welcome. Last time you said you'd only come back if you got to have your own voiceover by the great Lockie Hume. Well, my friend, ask and you shall receive. The doctor is in the house. It's your favourite team boss, Ryan Story. Oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> Look, Lockie wow, Hume, Hume is he's the voice of Fox Sports. He is a dead set legend. If you ask him who created Batman, you know, you ask anyone on the street who created Batman, they'll say Bob Kane. You ask Lockie Hume, he'll say Bob Kane and Bill Finger. <laughs> he's got he's he's got his own he's got his own theory on, on who killed JFK. Like the man is not only is he an acting genius, but he is a dead set legend, and that is that is truly an honour. So AJ, thank you so much for, for making that happen. You are a king among men. Thank and you, you know what? If you give us good answers today, we've got more to play of that too. So we, we do thank Lockie for being a good sport with that as well. All right, Newcastle, Lee, the new deal. Let's start chronologically. It was announced on Trackside. Congratulations, mate. Yeah, thanks, mate. That was um. Yeah, I've known for a, a little while now, but just to go into that round and have that all, you know... Hang on, on, you've known for a while and you didn't oh, tell us here yeah, on the sorry, podcast. You know, <laughs> I, I needed approval from the team. Right, board, so. right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so to go into the last round of the year, just with it all announced and, you know, you got that peace of mind and uh, it's just such a relief and, and so um, relaxing and, and fun going into the last round, knowing that all that's behind you now, you concentrate on... Just having a good time at the last round, and and you know that you're going to build on um, your relationships, your, uh, your your performance, and everything over the next few years without having to worry about, you know, having to perform every single race, um, thinking that your career may rest on on that result, and uh, and that's the way I felt a little bit this year, you know, have, I've never had a one year deal before in any team, it's always been two or three, or with Gary it was five, uh, so. It's a little unnerving, and and to start a new team, new engineer, um, everyone's new around you, 65 new people. Uh, you, you know, it takes a long time to gel. So, you know, that first half of the year was a re- real worry until we finally got on top of the car. Um, and, uh, you know, people talk about me suiting or coming to the car. It was more the car coming to me and um, my engineer understanding what I needed out of the car. And once once we got that click... Um, things have have really built, um, built and, and gotten stronger and stronger throughout the year. So, I've really enjoyed the second half of the year, and I think that was when I started establishing myself in ticket racing and, and knowing that I had a future there. Yep, yeah, I think it's important for everyone to know that uh, Lee's contract will be in the show notes, uh, so everyone will get to read the fine print. <laughs> oh, right. I think I think that's that's right. <laughs> I think that's, that's right. That's that's right. right. <laughs> but I, I, I listen. I know that we're only uh, one beer in, but I think by the time we get into our second and third. <laughs> You know, Lee Lee is one of the true gentlemen in the paddock. He really is. And I think he doesn't get enough credit for that. He's just a top bloke. And some of the stories along the way of opportunities that could have come your way and, and deals that were set up for you along... Like, you're, you're a bloke with tremendous talent. You've shown that through the course of this year, particularly at the end of it. But some of the stories along the way, man, you, you could write a book. Oh, well, maybe I will. 
<laughs> but I appreciate it. Do you know it, any Brian. good journos um, that might be able to yeah, help? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'll think about that. I do have yeah. plenty of stories, but I'd probably burn a lot of people in those stories. <laughs> the problem is getting them through legal. That's always, yeah, that's always right. drunk. <laughs> yeah, um, I, yeah I, uh, like I, um, I appreciate that, Ryan. And, uh, yeah, look, it's th- that's just the way the sport is. You know, you, you make a decision based on what's in front of you at the time and um, some, sometimes, well, hindsight's a beautiful thing and you look back and you go, man, if I could just, if I knew what was going to happen, I wouldn't have made that decision and my career would be com- completely different. But you've just got to take what what uh, what's in front of you at the time and, and make your decision and, and that's what I did. And, um, you know, now I've... Like I've had a long career, and um, and I've still got another two years at least in this sport, and I'm proud of that. Um, but but maybe you know those things, those those wrong decisions have made me stronger. Mm. I should ask, how's your head today, Ryan? Some important things for you guys to celebrate. So I learned a valuable lesson from last year, and that is don't try and keep up with the young blokes. <laughs> Um, I, I, learned, I learned very early on, don't try and keep up with Dick Johnson when it comes to the <laughs> bourbons and don't try and keep up with the young blokes. So uh, I, I uh, called it a night pretty early, but uh, as uh, as we spoke about before, uh, our, our reigning champion is a little dusty this mm. morning. <laughs> yes, yes. He, uh, he had a big night and he had plenty to, plenty, plenty to celebrate and uh, a lot of mates with him and a lot of, lot of members of the team with him too who had a great night. Sometimes it's better when the boss isn't there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. A win for Shane Van Gisbergen on Saturday, a double podium for you guys. That was a, a really nice start to the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was. We 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 took, we had a we had an action plan. We wanted to do the best we could to try to secure the team's championship and not take any risks and not put ourselves in a position where we could uh, jeopardize that in any way. But uh, to have both cars on the podium was fantastic and for Fabian to have two podiums across the weekend was a great return to form for him too. Jamie's mistake gave you one hand on the team's title, didn't it? What did you think at that moment? Well, it's interesting because I was uh, I was I was focused on something else at the time, and and Kevin Fitzsimons from Dunlop pointed it out to me, and and uh, you never like to see anyone else have any any misfortune, and you certainly don't want to have success as a consequence of someone else running off the road, but. Uh, yeah, I felt, 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 felt for them then, but mm. it, uh, it made the job a little bit oh, easier. I'm sure you really Did anyone speak to RD afterwards? How was he, how was he looking? He wasn't very happy wasn't with, he? with young Jamie, I don't think. Oh, really? Mm. Mm. What were his comments? Did he have comments? No, not publicly, I don't think. Okay. My understanding is, yeah, behind closed doors, it uh, was not a fun conversation yeah, between right. the two. Okay. Mm. Yeah, well, we know Roland holds that prize. Yeah, the, that's... Uh, number one garage very highly, and I think he, he thought does. that was the moment it slipped away. So. Yeah. But it takes a whole year, doesn't it? It does. You know, it's not just one moment. We all know that. Lee, your day, shootout, always good fun at Newcastle and 12th in the race. Yeah, it was good to get in the shootout. I was disappointed with the with the shootout effort. Just couldn't get any grip out of the tyres. So, you know, I love that track and I love pushing hard on it. But when you don't have the grip and the tyre, you, well, you lose confidence in pushing hard. So, you know, but, but to make the shootout was great both days. Um uh, but but the race on Saturday, we had a, a problem in our first pit stop, which put us well back and then got stuck behind Simona. Uh, we should have had a, a really good result that day. Um, and then on Sunday, yeah, taken out on the first corner. That was <laughs> 250k ahead of you with a busted <laughs> up car is not fun around that place. And of all the men to cannon into the back of. Yeah. Our, the our podcast, podcast wars. Or uh, <laughs> David Reynolds. So... Um, was that because they won that bloody media award earlier in the week? Well, I just, think he's yeah. won now, so he can just mm. take us out. Well, I think you know. Stubbsy's got an exclusive. Where did we find Lee earlier today? <laughs> With Dave Reynolds, perhaps, at the bar? <laughs> so so may, maybe maybe uh, bridges have been mended. I think so. Uh, look, it wasn't Reynolds' fault, but, um, yeah, he got stuck in the fence on the on the way out, got a uh, bit of a bump from Scott Pye and, um, and came to a grinding halt on the exit when I was on 100% throttle and just couldn't avoid him. So, um, yeah, boy, man, the uh, the cars need that aero, I can tell <laughs> Especially around that joint coming down the hill. Like the front end felt like it was going to take off like one of those jets and, yeah. and, and put me in the ocean. Uh, tenth for the year overall. How do you look back at that? I, I imagine initially you were probably a little bit disappointed because you know some things have gone against you this year. You could have been a few spots higher. Yeah, definitely. Everyone's got their stories. But, mm. you know, yesterday I came into, uh, on, on Sunday, came into the race in ninth in the championship and, and I thought that we had a really good shot of jumping my teammate, Will Davison. 
Um, to finish eighth, he was only 30 points in front and we qualified ten, uh, ninth and he qualified 20th. So um, had a great sp uh, shot at jumping him. So then to drop one um, and drop into 10th was a pretty disappointing end to the year. But um, to have, like the way I look at it is to have four Tickford cars in the top 10, I think the team should be immensely proud of that. I don't think it's ever happened in, in the series before with four cars in the top 10 in, in a team. So huge credit to them and the efforts they've put in this year. Um, with our car, we've come on really strong in the second half of the year, like, we, like we've talked about. Um, but then to just have a little bit of a dull end mm. in the last race, is a, it sucks a little bit. But, yeah, just can't wait to start up next year and, and take off from where we left. Ryan, for you, the moment that uh, the team's title was secured, the chequered flag dropped for the last time. What was the emotion and moment like for you? Relief, honestly. Yeah. It was it was just relief. Um, it's been a tough uh, month or so for us in in the public arena and uh, and also internally in, in trying to keep uh, keep our guys buoyant and focused on on the prize and focused on what's ahead of them. And really, a, a, a key part of of my role as the team principal of the, of the organisation is to insulate the mechanics, the engineers, the guys who work on the car from some of those external factors and external forces. So trying to cop the brunt of that and and with Scotty and, and Fabs as effectively the faces of the team is, is, a, is a challenge for, for anyone who runs one of these things. And uh, that was really our core focus, was trying to come into this weekend and see if we can wrap that thing up. And uh, we were very fortunate that we were able to do that. Ryan, both of your drivers came under scrutiny at some point in the last few rounds. Um, how, how have they put up with it and how have you guys dealt with that side of it to, to sort of, you know, um, get them in the right mental frame going into these races to make sure they perform at their best? Well, everyone's different and their needs are different. And, and Scott's been quite open in the past in, in his work with Emma Murray, who is a, a sports psychologist and, and very, very good at what she does. And has a really good understanding of him as a, as a, as a as an athlete and as a as a, as a, and as a human being, and Fabian has a different approach to things. And obviously, with with Becky and and, and the kids there, he's got a really close knit group around him as well. But everyone's a little bit different, so you have to you have to do what you can to ensure that they know that they have the support of the organisation and the team, and give them the opportunity to spend some time with the guys, make them feel like they're still part of the family and, and, and give them that, that sense of purpose and that sense of belief. And, and really, it's all about protecting them as much as you can. There's only so much you can do on that front. But when, when, you, when you're facing some attack, you want to ensure that those guys have got all the support mm -hmm. that they need yep. to continue to hold their head up high and, and march onwards. How hard has that been for you then? You've very publicly put your hand up and said, I'm the leader of this team so I have to bear the brunt of it and you're spending this energy protecting these guys that's got to take a toll on any human being yeah look it's 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 tough but that's that's what I've signed up to do and uh, I'm fortunate enough to be an owner of the team as well so so that's 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 part of part of my responsibility of being an owner and also the uh, the the team boss is yeah you have to you have to step forward and protect your people it's critical, and it's no different to any other business, really. That if, if you're not prepared to pr protect your people, you can't expect them to have your back when you need it most too. Mm. And if they don't know that that support's there, if they don't know that, that, that I'm prepared to take the brunt of the heat, then uh, they're not going to turn up to work every day and give everything they've got to uh, drive the whole thing forward. So that's a really... That's, I think everyone's different in that respect, but f for me it was important to, to, to put my hand up and say, hey make sure you're aiming this at the right direction. Anything that happens on my watch, I'm responsible for. On that note then, Bathurst and the engine, do you know yet what the actual problem was? Has that investigation been concluded so that you know that it won't happen again? It, that's a real tricky one. There's a couple of factors that were at play there, particularly the, the coolant pressure issue and how much that affected it, we don't know. Okay. But all I do know is that when that engine left our facility, we have handwritten build sheets um, that are basically filled out and every every engine shop does the same thing. And ma max valve lift was checked on that engine and it was all within limits. So all I know is what we measured and what yep. we put in the car. And clearly when the, when the motors come out of the car, that hasn't hasn't been the case. So that's, that's an unfortunate situation. I've, it's not typical that you see an engine that's 
knowingly damaged get measured to that level of scrutiny? I mean, we haven't intentionally gone out to build a qualifying screamer because mm. the end, the cylinders that failed were at the front and they're the ones that are easiest to measure when, when, when Craig Haystead from Supercars leans in and takes the, uh, the, the valve covers off and, and, and measures, the, measures the lift. So there's, there was nothing there that uh, was intentional by any means and the stewards agreed with that assessment, but the rules are the rules and, and if, if you go over, you, you get a penalty. And, and we did. So how do you make sure it doesn't happen again? Do you need to bring back perhaps the, the limits that, you, that you're pushing within the engine or is it an issue more with MozTech and, and making sure that you're all on the same page with, with how the engine is when it leads? Because it, it's been an awful situation for you, for every other driver in the field and the, and the sport in general. No one wants to see it happen. So what, what have you done to try and work out, okay, this will not now happen, we are safe? Yeah, it's all about checks and balances and you have to always continue to look at ways to improve your process. And we're very much a process-driven organisation. We have check sheets after check sheets and, and any communication that goes from engineers to mechanics is, whether it be handwritten or digitised, it's all, it, it's all very systematic and, and process-driven and there's a lot to be learned from that. And, and there were procedures that we put in place after that when we've gone back and looked at engines throughout the course of the year where we've seen seen other issues with coolant pressure and what the cause of that was. So there was some uh, steps made in the lead up to Newcastle that would ensure we would not see that issue rear its head again. And I think that that was a really important step and we learned a great deal through that. And then also ensuring that we've got a more comprehensive build sheet from the engine perspective that I sign off on it before the engines are installed in the cars. And we, we do that, but it's always been with a summarised version rather than a rather than the full comprehensive version. So it's really all about checks and balances and making sure that we go above and beyond to ensure that we, we basically get these things right. How does that sit with you, um, Lee, yeah, to, to I, hear look, that? The, the, the thing that I find really hard to get my head around is you guys got pole, um, it's taken off you, you still start from pole, win the race. How, how does that sit with you? I, yeah, I, I just find... There, I, I, there has to be a better way of testing the engine after qualifying. If they're going to test it after qualifying, the penalty needs to be before the race because you guys still started from pole, right? So you may have got your pole check taken off you, but you still started from pole. So then to for that to not affect the actual race result, I think it's, I think that's where a lot of people you know, on the other side are saying, I mean, how does that work? Like, how do you still start from pole, not get the pole check, still end up with the race win starting from pole? It's all a bit confusing. And I think, uh, I don't know how they, how they, wh where they go with it in the future, but yeah, I just don't know how you get a penalty after the round. And I, and I understand that it's such a minute, um, uh, difference with you know the tolerance that it was that exceeded um and it may may or may not have um you know been an advantage i don't know from what i've heard it's probably not um but yeah it, it's just hard like do you guys agree that is, it's is just there hard something to as get a, you're, you're involved in the in the rules and overseeing them through your yeah, roles yeah. at the higher level is it something that you that as a group commission board level is looking at what can we do about that if it happens again well, or we haven't got to that point okay. yet but i think that we've this year the technical department has got more resources and more personnel than what it's had previously which is a huge step forward so more checks can take place yep. but we're talking about less than half of half mm. the thickness of that sheet of paper yeah. in front of you so there, there was no performance environment but let's turn it there around no and say but yeah let, let's turn it around and say it's there's red two, ball that that happened no i understand i understand exactly where you're coming yeah. from but there's two points i want to make and these these are two points that we made to the stewards as well to replace an engine, you have to get permission to replace an engine and there has to be a verifiable issue with it. Mm. So we were able to demonstrate that the thing was rooted and replaced accordingly. And it was in supercar's custody from that point on. Mm. It's regrettable that it wasn't checked but before, basically before the race started. How long does that sort of check take? Excuse my technical ignorance. About is that five, ten minutes. So in theory, we should in the future be able to, to do that at the track? It's... It's, it's possible to do, but again, it's not the sort of thing that you would see see anyone go over yeah. normally because it's it's a fairly straightforward affair. What well, wasn't there a... 
wasn't there a time in our sport where if you changed the engine on the race weekend, you had to start from the back? Wasn't there a – was that – no, oh. they keep thinking Formula One. <laughs> 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 Only a little bit different. But what, like, what about the implementing something like that? You know, where if you do have to change the engine after qualifying, you start from the back. Well, we're bringing in we're bringing in new rules next year. So there's been a gentleman's agreement among the amongst the engine builders to try and eke them out to around three and a half thousand before a rebuild, and then next year it's four thousand kilometres yep. between rebuilds, and there's penalties if you break seals before then. Without having a demonstrable issue, issue. So unless the thing's smoking and cooking, and you can boil an egg on the mm. on, on 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 the rocker covers, it's basically uh, it's basically basically got to stay in the car to do yeah. that mileage. Right. So some of that will be self policing, but but you're right. That I think that where the insurance is there for the category is that you can't just go and change engines willy-nilly. You have to have a issue with the engine that can be verified with the data. You can't just say, oh, it's got a problem and, you know, I think that this is about to go. Yeah. We had a water pressure problem that, mm. was, that was verified in the data and mm. we, we, saw, we, saw, um, we saw that have effect when we've had it previously where we've cooked an engine and it's sunken valve seats and things like that. So it, it can have a catastrophic, uh, catastrophic con consequences. Mm. Um, in our mind and, and in supercars' minds, that engine was probably not going to be able to finish the race if it stayed in the car. We have some products supplied here by the good people at Bottolo, so our, our thanks to them. How many Peronis did you need to have, Ryan's story, before you had to call Roger Penske and uh, alert him, or how did that I go down? I think it's down? more, how many Peronis do I need to cop a grilling from Lee Holt? <laughs> <laughs> I may have promised you that I wasn't going to grill you. <laughs> it may be the end of the season. But, mate, no. we're having a beer together. No, I think it's a really we important still conversation. Need to ask the hard question. I think it's an important yeah. conversation. No, I agree. Um, but how, did you have to call Roger yourself, or, or how did that that conversation um, go down? So Rod, Rod, Roger was at Bathurst, but all of this happened post. Yeah, that's what so I mean. Yeah, I spoke to Roger and to Tim Sindrick and let them know what was going on uh, in real time. So we we have, it, if you think about it, our parent organisation is fifteen thousand kilometres, almost to the kilometre from Stapleton. So the only way a, the only way a long distance relationship works. <laughs> is with communication <laughs> and you have to overshare and and we have done that since day one um and and often even when you're foist foist by your own petard and, and and you make a mistake you still have to pick up the phone and say um this happened i made the error or this happened and this is this is the consequence of it or this happened and it was really successful and we won this race well, whatever the news is mm. the the, the worst thing that can that can come from a long distance relationship that, that will damage a long a long distance long term relationship is surprises. Yeah. So when things come up, you have to in real time engage all the key stakeholders and make sure they're aware of, of how things are playing out and what the next steps are. I imagine it would have been concern, at least. Well, I think we all were at the time. We, for for all of us, it was trying to understand how could this happen. Yep. Uh, and and Tim Sindrick came to Australia a, a little bit earlier than what was what what was planned. He was planning on coming over for Sandown anyway, and it was also an opportunity for him to effectively, independent of myself and independent of the team, re reach an understanding. Okay, how has this happened? And that's that's important too. Is establishing intent, mm. uh, and, and I know I know we're getting into the you know we're picking the fly shit out of the pep yeah yep. picking the fly shit out of the pepper here, but mm. that's that's key, and and the stewards basically came to the same conclusion. There was no intent there to try and take the piss. And Did you realise how big it was going to be? Not at all. I, I, I think, as, I suppose, yes, in, in, that, in, that, in that respect, yes, but, uh, but it probably ended up being bigger than, than what, it, what it could have been. Mm. I think key to it is understanding exactly what we're talking about. I mean, again, it's... it's too much misinformation was yeah, it? Yeah, again, it's less than half the thickness of a sheet of paper. And what's interesting is it was five out of the 16 valves but on some of those valves, they measured with intolerance. So uh, they did multiple measures. Some were out, some were in. Right. So it's it's a it's a tough one. And mm. part of what we presented to the stewards was was around the the, the accuracy from a metro metro metrological point of view of using a dial gauge in that manner. And uh, and I think that uh, we've already seen supercars come out in the last week saying that they're going to change. Their, their methodology and how they measure valve lift yeah. and a couple of other things around the engine. Mm. But look, for us, the rules are clear and it's clear that if 
you know, there's no tolerances on tolerances. And if you go over, you 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 get the penalty. And, yeah. and like I mentioned before, and, and, and we made this clear to, to the stewards as well, it was regrettable that it wasn't found before qualifying. I mean, we've, we've seen cars win from, from last 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 place on the grid at Bathurst before. So we don't know what influence it would have had on the race result. But in the at the end of the day, we, we received a penalty. It all happened after the event, and they, they issued the harshest penalty they could under those circumstances. Mm. How did that go with Scott? having to tell him were you the one that had to, to tell him yes the news yeah, how did yeah, that so go it, down and it's 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 really difficult for a driver and i'm sure lee can lee can mm. say this as well when when things happen that are outside that are outside of your control and 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 effectively you know your 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 job is to put your backside in the car and 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 run a clean race and try and bring the thing home straight and get a trophy if you can but then when there's a technical gremlin or a technical gl glitch or an infringement or something that's completely outside of your control, it's sometimes a very difficult thing to come to terms with. And it all comes back to having a sense of belief and sense of faith in your team that, first of all, again, back to intent, it's not something that we've intentionally tried to do and tried to flaunt. And then secondly, ensuring that we've got practices in place to guarantee that it won't happen again. I think that the fans have come down pretty hard, obviously, and, and a lot of drivers and, and other people in the sport have you know, come out with claims that you guys cheated and that sort of thing. Um, I think the, you know, first, there was the first issue of the safety car debacle at, at um, Bathurst. And then to have this come out afterwards has then blown the whole thing up pretty, pretty big. And to have, you know, two things um, happen in the one race um, where people that now have questions over whether or not you should have won it. Um, do you... Do you feel it's really hurt the reputation of the team? I think that, I think that if, again, I I come back to that word intent. If if we were seeking to do things intentionally to to change the outcome of a race, if we were pushing the bar so far that that we were effectively putting ourselves in a position to to get a, a slap on the wrist, mm. then yeah, I, th I would say that it would. Yeah. But in the context of of what's occurred. It's more the reaction that's had an impact on mm. the team's reputation than the event and the instant instances themselves. Yeah, so I, I feel I feel for Fabian and Scotty because they obviously have no part in any of the what what went on with um you know they had the the team orders and obviously the engine thing is um is completely out of Scotty's hands um and and it's in my opinion it's uh. It's not an intentional thing. It's something that happened with overheating and expansion and whatever else. So, and we all know teams are pushing the limits. They're, they're, everyone's trying to get to the end of that tolerance, the yeah. absolute most of the tolerance level. Within the rules, yeah. But you have to be willing to accept that if something happens, that, that you step over that tolerance and you get penalised. But one thing... You know, I've felt really so sorry for Scotty. Uh, he's copping a lot of brunt from everything that's happened. And, you know, last night he posted on so um, social media back-to-back -back and all that stuff, and um, and he should be very proud of that, uh, and so should the team. Um, but then to read some of the comments afterwards, and I'm sure, you know, we all read our, our comments from, from the fans because if someone's following you, expect that they're supporting you. Supporting yeah. you. And, and I saw a lot of comments cheat you know cheater blah 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 um i thought that's so low because scotty has personally done everything possible to win this championship mm -hmm. and done a bloody good job um so i think the the punters don't realize what impact that has on the personalities in the sport and um yeah i think that's pretty sad to see so uh i think everyone needs to know that you know Scotty's done a bloody good job this year and you can't take that away from him, you know. And so, uh, and, and I've, you know, it's not just Scotty, but there's other um, other drivers in the series as well that cop a lot of flack for something that they haven't got anything to do with. You know, they, they just do their job and then, um, you know, for whatever reason, something comes out of it where mm -hmm. the, the problem is the driver's always the one that, whether it's results it's or whether yeah. they're the face of, yep. the, of the team of the car and they cop the brunt of it. Yep. You talk about the need to protect the drivers. Does that include from 
other drivers, as happened to be the case in Newcastle, and that's why you went, as I understand it, to, to supercars to raise those concerns because it was it has an impact. Like Lita said, you you guys aren't superhuman. Like, oh, look, I, I I didn't go to supercars. I I've, I've spoken to other drivers about it. Okay, um, I've spoken to them directly about it because I think that we benefit from being a really open and engaging sport. Like. What other sport can, can, can a punter play at the gate and come and touch and feel the cars before yeah. they go out on the racetrack? Like, it's a, it's, a, it's an incredible thing. And we, we, we probably, you know, we see it week in, week in, week out when we go to race events. But for, for the families and the supporters who go to their one, one race weekend a, a year and watch the rest of it on Fox Sports in the comfort and comfort of their, uh, of their living room, it's a, it's a big deal. And we have a really passionate and supportive fan, gaze, fan, fan base that are heavily engaged in social. And we see it. Not only have we had tremendous growth in our TV audience this year, but every year, online video o- online video views up, social media engagement up. Like we we have got tremendous tricks behind this sport because we've got so much support, and and Lee's absolutely right. With the good, sometimes comes the bad, and it's very easy sometimes to be behind the keyboard and pass judgment, mm. and, and that's where, if I can step in front of it and, and be a flak jacket for these guys, I do it because that's my job. But certainly, uh, to Lee's point, and, and I'm grateful for Lee to, for saying it, Scott's achievements in particular this year are, are something truly exceptional. Mm. Uh, and he is he is an incredible driver, and, a ch- and, and he deserves every success that he has this year. He deserves a championship. He deserves every one of his wins. Um, and I, I, I don't think anything that's occurred can take any of that away from him. What have you learned about him as a person this year? Look, he's strong and resilient, but he's human. And uh, I think that uh, you have to be conscious of that. I think if, if, if you've got a social media account, sometimes you should think before you type and, and hit enter, how would you feel if uh, that was being sent and directed at you? But look, these guys are public figures and there's always going to be the good and the bad that comes with that. And there's always going to be Ford guys that are going to want to attack the Holden guys and the Holden guys that want to attack the Ford guys. That That's that's part of the DNA of our sport. That's yep. always going to be there. But but sometimes you do need to stop and pause and think think before you hit, hit enter on the post. What about <coughs> team orders? Let's not dwell in too much further. Is there something that we need to do as a sport to clear that up because you said post Bathurst, I think it was the following race that you weren't even sure what you yeah. guys could do in your own team. That's so right. So, yeah. so, so D twenty four team orders basically means that an outsider can't influence. Yeah, like the sponsor. So, so a sponsor yeah. or an automotive manufacturer yeah. can't influence it. So, yeah. which is an old to, rule harking back. Well, it to used to have the word team in, and then a certain team requested that that be removed. Um, a certain team who's now going to be in the second garage behind us, previously <laughs> in the garage in front of us, asked for that to be removed. And basically, that that honestly, D24 is a complete waste of time. Yeah. So what 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 occurred was, and what should be in place, is effectively the language in the FIA International Sporting Code, which talks about um, good conduct, effectively good conduct. And that and that was effectively the penalty that was that was laid on us for, for, for that incident at Bathurst. And the language in that is more aligned with the intent of that rule is supposed to be. Is that you should you should not do anything that could potentially impact someone else's race result in a manner that, 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 that is unsporting like. So what do we do? Do we say that if a team of one and two, they excuse me, can swap their drivers around, or do we rule out all of that, or, or how do we actually? I think there's, I think there's a problem with that, and that's okay. that's not the intent. That's not the intent of the ISC, and that's not the intent of what D twenty four is. It's all about how it affects other, other, others yeah. in the, others in the race. Yeah, yeah. If it do, doesn't affect other cars in the race, if it only affects the team within the team itself, I think that's fine. I think that, well, in my opinion, I think that's the way it needs to be. Uh, worded, but yeah, at the moment there's a bit of confusion around it, and it's very, yeah, it's it's hard to know. You know, I spoke to Rob about it, and um, he he said, well, you know, telling your team to come into pit lane is a team order. So well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like everyone exactly wants right. to avoid yeah. double stacking, but yeah, team, team orders is just it's the wrong term. Mm, right. it's, it is. It's just you should not un you should not unwittingly intent or with or with intent or in it, with any regard whatsoever, do anything that, in, that has an impact on someone mm. else's race. I, I think it actually, I, th- I think the the whole team orders thing came, stems back from um, when the manuf- manufacturers 
told all their drivers mm. to help the this car out car. win the championship yeah. at the yeah. last round. Yeah. Like I remember back at Phillip Island yeah. <laughs> a while back, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, and that's why it was implemented yeah. in the yeah. first place. But um, so you don't want to see that. You don't want to see other. Have you been asked to do that when? in your career? Uh, I think there was. Um, I haven't been asked, but you know, you certainly know that you should aware. help. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we might need some light comedy relief at at this point. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit dull, isn't it? I'm about to call my lawyer. <laughs> I think we need. Um, <laughs> that's actually that is the, that is the most fa- that's the most used contact in my phone. Anyway, uh, uh, would be lately. As you answered the questions, we appreciate that you did it with honesty, and uh, it wasn't at all all times comfortable. So let's have a little bit of light comedy relief. Buckle up and grab your favourite beverage. It's story time with Ryan. <laughs> oh, this is sensational for us. That's your reward. That's the reward for coming. Oh, this is for coming and playing with us. Well, Lee's 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 gone down the list. Lee was quite up high on my favourite in the context. Well, you said so many nice down, things about him. At he's the bumped start. down a couple now, but that's knew, all right. Hey, I knew you could handle it. I knew you could handle it. Um, <laughs> Questions without notice are the ones I always get in trouble for. <laughs> now, I, I, they, I came up with them on the spot. You actually did. Yeah. I, I was quite impressed, actually. You and might have learned something. You know, it's, 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 I've, it's I've spent most, too much time in Um So, 2020. Scott, what's happening? And when will you know if he's leaving or not? He's driving the he's driving car seventeen as yes. the reigning reigning supercars champion. As he's contracted to do. But at what point during the year will you know if you have him after that? I've got a long term contract in place for him to drive a supercar. Right. So what about his wishes and demands <laughs> to to leave? He's, uh, he's not he's not like that at all. And I think I think Roger, you know, it's not for me to speak for Roger Penske, but he said on the record before that if an opportunity mm. presents itself for someone like Scott, then 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 it will happen, and it will happen organically. Yeah. But they've got such a big program over there with their IndyCar side of things. You know, they've got three cars running in IndyCar. Roger's just bought the Indianapolis <laughs> Motor Speedway and bought the championship. So there's 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 a lot going on uh, in North America within the Penske organization on the motor racing front at the moment. And for an opportunity for Scott to come up, it needs to happen organically. It's not something that's just simply going to be created for him. And 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 these guys, more than anything, and and it's something that 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 we've we 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 have within our organisation here in Australia as well is we never set anyone up to fail. You never set anyone up to fail or not be successful at the task that they have. And that's a culture we have from drivers right through to staff. I'm never going to put. A member of staff. I'm never going to promote a member of staff to a leadership position or to a management position if I don't think they're up to the job, and 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 it's no different, I think, in this in this circumstance as well. I guess if you look at it from a business point of view, you need to know though, because you need to know who's coming in next, don't you? It's not like it could happen in December or January in in an off season. There would be a planning process to protect his assets back here, right? Yeah, I think that. You always have to be conscious of what the driver market looks like and mm. what engineers are available and what, what, what mechanics are available and all those sorts of things. You have to have uh, effectively insurance, an insurance policy. Uh, Sorry, in mate, I'm booked in for two years now. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you've, come, you've come off the list for the next couple of years. But again, you know, you're free in two years. You need to have a, book, a memorandum of understanding yeah. with someone like Anton Di Pasquale, perhaps. Oh. You never know. But yeah. look, as it stands right now, I've got two drivers under contract. I've I've got two drivers under con- contract, and they're Scott McLaughlin and Fabian Coulthard. Do you, Do you think that um, Scotty's obviously gone along the same routes as as Marcus Ambrose? Won two championships now, um, going for a third next year. Uh, do you, Do you compare him? How do you compare him to Marcus? Do you think he has similar attributes, similar characteristics? How do you see him? It's interesting. Marcus is by a significant regard the most intelligent driver I've ever had the privilege to work with really he is an exceptional human being incredibly intelligent incredibly smart um, tremendous foresight but also like a grafter works works hard in the car works hard at his craft Scott's a little bit different Scott Scott has been racing in, in the supercars fraternity for many many years, he spent a number of years in the in the in the development series before winning it in 2012. 
spent a number of years with GRM before coming with us, coming with us, won races with GRM, came to us and had had almost immediate success with us. So his career path's a little bit different. When you look at Marcus, Marcus sort of came under Ross and Jimmy Stone's eye when he did that uh, that race in those uh, Honda Integras or whatever they were at uh, at the IndyCar at the IndyCar meeting on the Gold Coast and the support. So they they have different backgrounds. Um, Marcus obviously went to Europe uh, with Formula Ford and, and did some of those things as well. Scott hasn't hasn't done that. He had success in in New Zealand in the in the Touring Car Championship here in Development Series here and, and has stayed pretty much within that supercars mm. uh, within the boundaries of supercars. So very different in terms of their career career uh, paths, um, but but sim- similar in their work eth- ethic and dedication to the job that they have. I mean the amount of work that Scott does outside the car is is pretty extraordinary. I mean he's great with all of our partners and. And that's a that's a that's a that's a KPI for both of our guys. They have to be good outside the car. They have to be able to work well with our partners, connect with our partners, interact with our partners. And Fabian and Scott, I, th- I think, with great respect, Lee, are probably two of the best in pit lane. But Scott, what he does, he gets out of the car after a practice session, has a quick chat with Ludo and Richard, his engineers, and then he goes and gets on his laptop and writes out his notes. So most of the drivers will do a handwritten sort of track map and just write a couple of notes he will write a voluminous passage of all the things the car was doing and it's not for the engineers as much as it is for himself when 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 he jumps in the car again and when you know 12 months pass by that he can bring those files out before the event and go okay this is where the car was good and this is what i think it needs and this is the direction i want to give the engineers of what i need to go fast so he's he's quite remarkable in that sense in that i've never seen a driver do what he does in terms of his preparation and and dedication to his craft it's it's pretty extraordinary i know what you, you try to be switzerland as a journo in this role you have a few favorites of course <laughs> like the man beside me but you try to you try to be neutral but i loved seeing him on trackside after the race and i think you could see you probably haven't had a chance to see it yet lee but the he was old scott again it was like yeah. the weight of the world had come off his shoulders he was having a laugh and a gag and it was just so good to see after yeah what he's been through that he was able to just enjoy the moment and the successes yeah. once again. Agreed. And the, the conditioning for him going into this weekend was all about keeping him in the good headspace and, and trying to keep, it, it's all about separating the signal from the noise mm. and, and having him focused on the job at hand. And, you know, even before the shootout, he's, he's, he's having, having fun with the boys and, Yelling out, hey, you know, just before he jumps in the car, just yeah. just just showing that that great personality that he has, because he's a, he's a ripper bloke. But but yeah, it, 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 it almost was as if the weight of the world was off his yeah. shoulders. Even you though say that. even though we'd secured the points yeah. out of Sandown, it was not it wasn't appropriate mm. for us to to be yeah. jumping up and down and back slapping at Sandown, and that was a, that was a decision that that I made in conjunction with a few other people because it was just it was just not right for the right. sport mm-hmm. to do that. And and it, and, it, and it meant that we could really turn Newcastle into a celebration and and focus on trying to win that team's championship and we were very fortunate to have done that. Yeah, yeah, you could see. Like I had a good chat to Scotty before the round, and you could see he was hurting. He was hurting hard, and in the media he puts on the brave face and and says it doesn't affect him. But how could it not? You know, and and you knew that it was hurting hard. So for him to bounce back, I think I reckon for him personally, he needed to bounce back and have a really good round at Newcastle just to just to show everyone, yep. stick it up the, the haters and, yeah, yeah. and just show that, you know, I won this championship and... Uh, he, he gets tremendous help from Emma and, for, and huge support from the team. I mean, all the guys love him. They love him, they love Fabian. And, and for, for both of them, because they've both been affected affected quite hard in the last four to six weeks or so. But, but for, for Scott, it was a matter of saying, look, just... Ignore, ignore this. Ignore the, ignore your socials. Ignore all that stuff. And you know he's twenty six years of age. His life experience exists sitting behind the wheel of a race car. Let's call a spade a spade. That that's 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 the nature of the guys who get to that to that level. And and and, you, and you're no different differently. I mean, what what? How old were you when you started racing? Well, I was seven when I started with go karting. Yeah. But that's but that's the point is that in in terms of in terms of your life experience compared to someone like myself or someone like Chris, it's very, very different mm. because you've st- you've started doing what you love and turned it into a career from a very, very young age. Mm-hmm. So, so your experience to outside, outside, uh, outside, uh, I suppose, stimulus, so to speak, 
is, is going to be different to mine and, and you're going to react differently to, to what I will, having had a background in, in politics and all sorts yeah. of other things, than, 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 what, than what I'll have with, with similar sort of stuff yeah. getting thrown at you. So it's all about mental conditioning and, and also just make saying, hey, look, can you imagine that that person would be prepared to stand up in your face mm. and, and say the same thing? And yeah. the answer nine out of ten times is no. No. And that's, and that's you don't hear them saying it at an autograph session. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. And, and yeah. hell, you know, the amount of people, just even for me, I mean, I don't know if they took the photos home and photoshopped them and put devil horns on me or whatever, <laughs> but the number of people wearing red bull yeah. shirts who wanted a selfie with me over the weekend, man. <laughs> But I think it's just that it's just again it comes Even down. Even Richard Branson wanted us. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the it's the nature of the sport. We have got fantastic supporters. Yeah. The last thing we want to do is is try to extinguish some of that ferocity that they have. It's it's more about ensuring that it's channeled and directed in the right way. Mm. And and you know at the end of the day we have to all be kind and nice to each other and respectful of each other. But I don't mind someone telling me, hey, look, you're a sh you're a schmuck and you're this and you're that. That's fine, but. Uh, but when you start getting into personal, that's that, that's where you got to draw the line. I think I'm in trouble. He called me Chris during that answer. It's oh, not, not that stopped. means I noticed yeah. the change in tone. <laughs> um, Lee, what did you make of the email? Did you see it? The one from Sean. It was printed at least in in newspapers, etc. Just saying to everyone to cool down on the the social media table, step back because we sell the sport on hold and forward rivalries and that sort of stuff. So, where do you draw the? How do you get yeah. that balance? You know, the, it, that's a hard one. I mean, it was, it's similar to a few years ago. We were told that they want more controversy in the sport, but then you'll get fined if you say anything yeah. wrong. And, yeah. you know, so it's, it's, a hard, it's, it's hard to draw the line. Um, you, you need a little bit like Ryan was saying. You, you don't want those personal attacks, like really deep personal attacks. You can have a go at a driver, call him an imbecile or whatever. Yeah. Maybe just don't call him Lance Armstrong. Cause, um, yeah. yeah. You know that that's a pretty harsh mm. um, reference, like that, and and it's wrong. Um, but yeah, so it, it's very hard. I mean, we want to see personalities in the sport, no doubt. But um, uh, I think you know you can't you can't step over the line and, yep, and yep. speak out of. Yeah, um, just got to do it within reason. Yeah, yeah the success right. of the sport is built off good guys and bad guys, mm. heroes and villains. Yeah, it, and and that's been the case since day dot. You mm. go back to the. Brock and Johnson and Moffat and Beachy and all these all these heroes dating back. I mean, this, the Touring Car Championship's 60 years old next year. It's a the hell of a milestone, milestone. And it started off with, you know, single races and Pete Gagan won every single one of them and all those sorts of things. But it was all the, the heart and soul of this sport. It's not Ford versus Holden. Mm. It's the heroes and heroes mm. versus vi villains, the chariot riders, the mm. blokes behind the steering wheel. Broke, folks, Lee, Lee Holdsworth, good guy. David Reynolds, prankster, villain, mm. good guy, like every man, like every, mm. you you need characters, and you and, and that that really is what has sustained the success of this sport for sixty mm. years. Mm. Yeah, I noticed Ludo in the fingered salute. Have you seen this? I had. You, you need to understand. <laughs> he had a middle finger salute. Uh, yeah. Was that lost in translation? Is that I, a French? I think that it's important to understand that Ludo Ludo has Ludo. Okay, Ludo's just bought himself an electric mountain bike. And he started telling everyone on the team, you know, I'm going to go mountain biking with you. I'm going to kick your ass. It's going to be... You know, he's a very, very competitive bloke. <laughs> he immediately implanted himself into a tree. <laughs> so this is just... this is this. Let's just remember the animal we're talking about. Now, for him to hold two fingers up at the same time, he's got a limited choice of what he can do because, unfortunately, on one hand, he's missing a couple because he put them through a propeller of a remote-controlled plane. Mm -hmm. So, basically, he's left with those two in the middle. <laughs> if he wants to put the same fingers up at the same time, that's what you get. So I think you oh, can't is really... that Russell Ingalls' excuse as well? <laughs> well, I think it might be, but you can't really read much into it. And this is how crazy he is. When they reset his hand after he had after he's had this accident a few years ago, the the, the, the the orthopedic surgeon said to him, look, how do you want your fingers set? Because they had to use a bit of bone from what was left on the ground to sort of put it all back together. And, and, and he had the choice of either having it straight or having it sort of put in a specific position. And his first thought was, well, you know, I need to keep riding my motorbike. So his finger is permanently set to oh. wrap around the handles of a motorbike. I mean, the, the man, he's, he's, a, he's a loose unit. <laughs> that he is a great. loose unit. Um, you haven't had a win since Bathurst. Why? I could tell you why. Yeah, please do. Let's, let's <laughs> We've talk got the about truth it. serum. Hey, well, let's, let's be fair. Pretty much from Pukekohe onwards, it became a lot harder, didn't it? Yeah. I, I, what happened at Pukekohe? Do you remember? It's, it's almost like you had your know. wings clipped or something. I'm not, I'm not sure. 
Someone was given wings. <laughs> oh, you like that one, yeah, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. Hey, look, we've got a VCAT in two weeks' time. Um, the the rules of engagement are significantly different to what we've seen previously in that the cars are going to be measured at different ride heights. Now, through the course of this year, at the v, at the VCAT with the, with the Mustang against the Ultima and the ZB, we, we did it the traditional way. We've been doing it for a number of years, which is where downforce and drag are measured at a constant ride height. That ride height isn't necessarily reflective of how you set up and how you run your race car. And, and basically, when you test the cars in an environment that's different to how they're raced, you can't expect that a VCAT that is genuinely the most level VCAT in the history of the process to necessarily translate to... to to that same performance being seen on the racetrack. So what, they, what, what the technical department have worked on with their aero partner D2H, and it's been done in conjunction with the commission and with others, is try and emulate the setup, and setup window and the, the ride height window of all of the cars in the championship and emulate that through the VCAT process. So we're gonna see a reduction in downforce, which hopefully will lead to some better racing and a process that will ensure that at a number of different levels, at a number of, number of different setup points, the cars are as close as they can be from a technical parity perspective. And I think that will be a lot better than some of the things we've seen carried out through the course of this year. So do you expect you won't be as dominant next year? 20 wins has been absolutely remarkable between your drivers. Do you think that's going to be pretty hard to replicate in, in 2020? I think it will be. I think there's there's no question that we built a very, very good car and we have a very, very good team and we have very, very good drivers. Um, there's no secret source to the success that we've had this season. But next year it will be it will be more of a challenge just because of the nature of what this process will entail. And that's not to say that it hasn't been fair or it hasn't been you know, it has things haven't been right up till now. There's been a set process and we did our best we did the best job that we could to, to effectively put together the best car that we could under that set of rules and under those conditions. Yep. Silly season. Chaz, it's been announced, it's official, that Chaz is off to Walkinshaw. How do you feel Shock. about that, Lee? Shock. Shock. <laughs> Your jaw. Oh, let me just pick that up for you. It's on the floor. Uh, oh. Um, it must well, have been hard for him. Yeah, I, to a degree, was, like yeah. everyone been, talking about it and assuming it's yeah, happened. yeah, and I think he like in fairness, I think he wanted to, um, he he would have rather put it out earlier rather yeah. than later, um, you know, it was the worst we all know the worst kept story in pit lane, but and for a long time, um, Chaz has been with Tickford for a, I think it's seven years uh, with his development series on top as well, so. Um, He's he's had a, a good time there. He's he's won a lot of races, had a lot of pole positions, um, got his Bathurst win. So got his first race win with us. He, he did, mm. he did. That trophy's um, still in my office. The the team team winners trophy, which was accepted by Richard Swan, who was our then team manager, and and the race win trophy is sitting in my office in pride of pl pride of place. And my first go. first trophies as a team principal. So yeah, it's pretty special. But yeah, he he's done a fantastic job, and um, and. Yeah, so I think it would have been very hard. He's built a lot of relationships in there. He's obviously got his engineer, Adam, that he's um, formed a great bond with. and Who will go with him. Yeah. Mm. And and I think for him, that's the important one. I think for him to take Adam with him is is where... Uh, that was the selling point, I think, for him. To be able to go, if he had a few options, it would have been who can take Adam and not have him full-time because he's not full-time in the workshop. He works from home, um, and and you know, comes into the workshop when he needs to. Does his work in there, uh, prepares the car, gives the boys all the numbers and everything, um, and is at the race meeting and does a does a fantastic job. So I think that's the selling point for him. Uh, you know, if you've got a good engineer, you can you can turn a car around. Everyone's got much the same resources. So I don't think it'll be you know it, I don't know. Time will tell, but think if you've got the right engineer, you can do the job in, in pretty much any team. You think he's a threat next year there, Ryan? I think it'll take a little bit of time for them to come on strong. I mean, there's a couple of things that will help them. I mean, they ran super shocks this weekend and, and seemed to take a step forward. And obviously, that's the control shock that we're all heading towards next year. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how long it takes them to 
gel within that 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 family there. Obviously, they've got they've got a lot of changes in that place with people leaving, drivers leaving, and there's been a lot of change there over over time. But uh, their their technical director is an extremely accomplished uh, accomplished engineer in Calfo. He's a great guy and clearly a very very good operator. So I think that they've got all of the resources and the technical nows that they need. It's a matter of putting it together, and uh, time will tell. Mm. I, I, th- they're not going to roll out of the box and be race winners, I don't think. I think it's going to take a little bit of time for them to find their feet, to find their rhythm, and uh, for them to get the most out of that package. I think it's just going to be really hard for them to start the season with two brand-new drivers. It's tough. And, yeah, I mean, th- not having a baseline, because they, they know where they're at right now, but but to have to to step into 2020 with two brand new drivers, how do they then know if they've taken a step forward or not? Yeah, the style there's no so baseline anymore. Well, you've yeah. got diff- you've got less downforce, you've got less yeah. horsepower because the engines are changing. Mm. You've got control dampers that are different mm. to what anyone's run before. Because even though other teams have run super shocks before, they're going to be a, they're going to have control valving and they're going to be a sealed unit. So what what you get is the same as what mm. everyone else gets. So it's 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 a whole new world in that respect. So it's fortunately everyone's in the same boat, mm. but without having the continuity of people means that they're going to be on the back foot just mm. while they find their feet. Yeah. Your shirt front, you've shirt fronted Richie Stanaway out of the sport. He retired <laughs> last night, announced on social me- media that it looks like he's he's had enough. That's actually. Sad. We might joke. It's really sad. That was sad. the word I was going to use. Yeah. You know, I think that Richie, I, I like Richie a lot. I think that he's a, a misunderstood character. I mean, this is a guy who's won races in GP2. He's been an Aston Martin factory driver. He's He's been a, a driver for Mercedes Formula One team in their simulator. He's got tremendous pedigree. Um, and I think it's just sad that, that for him to leave supercars is sad enough, but for him to give the whole game away. Is, is really really quite mm. quite tragic. Hopefully, and it's just an emotional reaction to a tough year yeah. and tough I, weekend. I hope so. I, ho- I really hope so because again, he's a good kid. He's misunderstood, uh, and yeah, I've got a lot of time for him. I, I really I really hope that he bounces back and 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 finds finds a place where he can be happy and and successful because, man, he's got the talent. Yeah, I, yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> hard. like he's he's obviously. He's run out of <laughs> options at the moment, and and yeah, I, I'm sure that um, he'll reassess over the break. And if, if if another opportunity pops up, whether it be in supercars or sports car or something else overseas, um, I'm sure he'll he'll take it. You know, because mm. he was spoken about his talent. He has talent. Um, I think the difference between he's very. European driver-esque where you just want to drive the car. From my opinion, looking at him from the outside in, that's what he looks like. He he looks like he just wants to drive the car. He just wants to race. Doesn't want to have to worry about the media, the sponsors, anything like that. But that's been his downfall because in Australia, that's 70% of your job is to look after your sponsors and be media-friendly um, and be marketable, and if you if you don't have that side of you, and you're not with the best team, you're you're not going to last trouble. long. And that's yeah, what's that's happened. Yeah, yep, that's absolutely right. I agree because and, and look, I, I, I harkened on it before, but but with Scott and Fabs, we've got great ambassadors outside mm. of the car, and, mm. and and for our team, we're effectively the marketing arm of the Penske business here in Australia. They've got a thousand staff. They operate in in defence, in 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 trucking, and fleet management, rental rental trucks. They've got uh, on-highway, off-highway engines. They do locomotives. They do ships. They do all sorts of things. They've got a tremendous business here in mm. Australia. And Scott and Fabian are the face of that, meeting with their clients, meeting at their branches across the mm. country. They're, they're, they're a critical part of the marketing operations and the success of that business. So motor racing for us, and certainly the way the supercars is geared, is off the back of mm. the personalities and off the back of that off-track, uh, off-track culture and uh, and the demands from 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 all of our partners to uh, to have great ambassadors, who you know you can take the helmet off and they're presentable and they basically can can string a few words together and and say the right things about truck assist and say the right things mm-hmm. about uh, Shell V Power and all those sorts yeah. of things and 
maybe even Thanks for own for it's a, <laughs> <laughs> the new home. <laughs> but it's 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 a critical part, yep. and 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 I think that Lee's Lee's probably right there. Yep. That that has that that's been a real challenge for him. Mm. I think. I only laugh because I just had the image as I turned to you of, uh, of the shirt front. It's one of my favourite. <laughs> I reckon that's my favourite moment of this year. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was fantastic yeah. uh, to see you so angry. Um, co-drivers next year. Where are you at? And did you offer James Courtney a position as a co-driver? No. No? No. Okay, so I can put that one off my list of, of storylines then. No, okay. you can. You or can. did or did Stubbsy just drop a few more spots? <laughs> or did someone from your organisation <laughs> offer James no, I, I, I sent I sent James a congratulatory message um, over the Bathurst weekend yep. when the do I sent him and, and John O'Webb a congratulatory message about the Sydney team and I think that's fantastic for both of them. And, he deserves a place in the sport, even though he is a geriatric now. What is he? He's the oldest, <laughs> oldest driver in the field, but thirty-nine is look, so he's old. A, yeah. But no, nah, he's a he's he's a he's a great talent, and obviously won a championship at DJR. So he's 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 a guy who uh, we have a huge amount of respect for. And I jokingly said to him, I said, "Hey, you know, when the two years are up, you should give me a call <laughs> if we've got a place. If maybe. we've got a do you have a place for next year? You sorted yet? I you know I I think when you look at uh, when you look at how we've gone in those races, you'd have to say we've got uh, two pretty good steerers there. All right. I think it's almost time for uh, our favourite time of the week. Hang on. Before oh, we get oh, there, th there was a Lockie Hume sting for a story story, and you, you've not really given me a chance to... You, Hang on. We haven't got to we've talked. Yet. We've talked about racing. Let's, you know, let, 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 let me have a chance to talk about something well, other than Judging by Lee's minutes. reaction there, he needs a, a, a second <laughs> or two to come up with his lethal weapon for this week. So, Ryan, if there's something you'd like to get off your chest, if you've got a story for us, hey, please listen, you're, you're the best journo in pit lane. Throw something at me that's non-racing I just, I just threw the James Courtney one at you and you're battered away. <laughs> yeah, well, no. Give me something. Well, how want. about we go to your segment now then? Can, we, uh, can we turn Lethal's weapon into Ryan's story? Ryan's, Ryan's story. story this work. Work. Well, <laughs> all right, let's hey. take a, a pause and, and we might do just that. You no, know, it's the end of the year and I don't want to upset anyone at this stage. Like we're what? Not, you've upset, you're not you've upset me. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to see him for two months, so tell us what you really think. Uh, let's, let's do it. Actually, let's, um, actually is it... Hmm? it it's probably inappropriate to say, but last night at the gala dinner, Lee and I did have a bit of a we did have a bit of a moment. But uh, out on the dance floor, I saw that bit of a boogie. Oh no, it was, it was more of a you know. To, to be honest, it was just you know we were settling a few scores and yeah, just just clearing the decks for next year. But uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're all good I'd now. Drank you under the table. Though. Hey, look, that's easy. I'm a Cadbury mate. <laughs> I'm a Cadbury, so uh, that's easy to do. Uh, that's the second time I've heard that about you. <laughs> I won't say who the other person was that told me. Uh, maybe get your phone out for us if if you need to, or if you already have uh, Donald Trump in mind as the person. Uh, uh, that is in your phone, but uh, we might go with another sting. He's a favourite amongst the paddock. Just ask him. It's Ryan's story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is gold. AJ, you are a king among men, I tell you. That is extraordinary. Uh, all right, we're buying time for the lethal weapon, and we want to know, Ryan, who's in your phone? I've got a couple of prime ministers. Good. Which ones? I've got a couple of them. Um, I've got, hell, I've got Roger Penske. I've got well, all sorts. Yep, yep. Very political. I've got an old number for Elon Musk. Oh. <laughs> have you got John good. Howard? I have, yes. Wow. Johnny. Um, who else have I got in here? I've got a number of current federal ministers and former federal ministers. I've got one movie star. Oh, who's that? He's, he's affectionately known as the Terminator. Oh, big honey. That's fantastic. Wow. That's our best one this all year. No, no. Scafey. Scafes were good. Scafey suggested he had a fair few, but he only dropped one. No, two, didn't he? No, Warty two. And but he was giving us genres. Where do you want to go? Ah, yeah. <laughs> you know, politics, <laughs> sport. He was very good. He came with a good game. But Pop, rock. <laughs> I, I think he's, Arnie's my favourite of the year. Yeah, that's he, pretty yeah, good. I, I think overall Scafey's would be better than mine. But, but uh, over time, particularly on the political front, I've, I've collected a few in here. But... Uh, just trying to find someone that might be a little bit out of the order. I, I think you've won already. Could be I've good. got Mark Scaves. Well, there you go. Yeah. 
and so by association, you've got everyone else in Marcus Gay's phone. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> well, I can do the, the I can. What is it? The six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I, yeah, I can yeah. do that in two jumps. But but that's a story <laughs> for another time. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was good. Fantastic. I, I think I've got one. Oh, you've got no, one. No, all right. I've, I think I've got my lethal weapon. Great. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> Let's do it. It's time for the nice guy of supercars to fire up. It's the loud pedals lethal weapon. Jazzy Aussie. Oh. Back well, he's not in the team mate. anymore. You're so out. You can say You're out now. You're <laughs> out, son. Mate, seriously, no more. Oh, well, you can you can throw it down the inside of your teammates all all day long. <laughs> yeah, right? You can do what you like there. So, mate, we're, we're going to be racing you hard next year. Like, dive bombs. Watch out for them, mate. I know when you're 10 car lengths behind me, I've got to watch you on turn in. <laughs> um, but I'm coming for you next Cam's going to settle some scores yeah. as well, Oh, yeah, Cam's They Cam's almost ready. did it again that on the weekend. That almost happened yesterday. Yeah, no, we called that oh, so boy. far away. We were watching it in the studio, <laughs> right. and we're like, oh. he's now next in line, yeah. and he's got good tyres. The next in line is Cam. Yeah. How Surely would that have not. been to finish the year off oh. for him? Like, Could you imagine? Yeah, it would have been good. Yeah. But they already gave the crash. Uh, yes. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That went to Macca Ford, for the Ford. big one at uh, the yeah. Superloop Adelaide 500. It's not the one you really want to win. Yeah, that's not what you want. No, he didn't handle it all that well, although he took it with more grace than Van Gisbergen did for the drive of the year with keeping the door shut. Oh, when he got the door handle. Yeah, okay. Flat batted it. Yeah. It wasn't all that interesting. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Gizzy. that's Giz. Um, all right, we'll do the standings overall in the end. We had Scotty McLaughlin in first from Shane Van Gisbergen and Jamie Wincup. Fabian in fourth, not too far back in the end from Jamie. Chaz Mostert fifth, Dade Reynolds sixth, Cam Waters seventh, eighth should have been Lee Holdsworth, but it was Will Davison. Ninth is Nick Perkat. And rounding out the ten, top ten performance from Lee Holdsworth. Uh, Lee, a huge thanks to you, mate, for your part this year. It's been a hell of a lot of fun getting to fun. know you a lot better, and uh, we appreciate all your input. Thanks, mate. No, I've really enjoyed it. I can't wait to have a good crack at this next year yeah. and come back bigger and stronger. And we'll have so many more listeners. There is no doubt. We will. We might be brought <laughs> to you by Super Cheap Auto and Truck Assist maybe next oh, year yeah. if you can do some wheeling and dealing for us. Well, <laughs> my only axe to grind is I think that Lee's Lethal Weapon should have been the fact that you guys, the original, didn't win podcast yeah what that's i think you're wrong hey, long that's game crap. we're playing the long game don't worry yeah. we've got plans i think it's rigged we've got plans who's on that voting panel anyway it's very it's not well, we need to we need to do parents. something about that no i no the, no i'll tip my hat to tip my hat to <laughs> no worries it's good the more people talking about our sport the more people that that's are watching yeah. it's and the more good, ratings actually. we get which means i still have a job yes yeah, well, right. I, I just want to i just i've got a little exclusive announcement that we're starting a podcast next year it's called the frog and the dock <laughs> and it's it's Ludo Ludo and I once a week oh. just uh, basically Ludo Ludo waxing lyrical about things and who's trans- the translator? Yeah, I'm yeah, translating yeah, for exactly. him, so that, that's that's an exclusive here for the last <laughs> Fantastic! Uh, thanks to all the guests that have joined us this year. Thanks to AJ Hawkins, our producer, for all his hard work as well. And thank you to you, Ryan Story, for being on the show today. Here, exclusively under contractual obligation, it's Ryan's story. <laughs> uh, Ryan. Oh, AJ, you are a king. And no, Lockie Hume, what a came in dead set today. legend. Yeah, he's a good this fella. makes up he's for the fact fella. that I've been attacked for the last hour and a half by Lee Holdsworth. It makes up for it. And I'm glad you're copping the wrath for yeah, me. Fantastic. Uh, bigger and better in 2020 we will be, Ryan. Thank you, mate. It was an important conversation, one that needed to be had, I think, and we really appreciate that you're a good sport about it and you did answer the questions. So, well played to you. Congratulations on all the team successes this year. Christopher, appreciate it. This has been the Loud Pedal Podcast brought to you by Super Cheap Auto.